You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. Last week, we started this letter from the Apostle Paul to his young companion, Timothy. The purpose of the letter to Timothy is to encourage him and remind him of who he is, what his mission is, and how the completion of this mission would benefit those who he was sent to serve. For those to who Timothy is pastoring, there are many goals. Holiness and understanding the work of the Spirit. Mission, that is telling others about Jesus. How the church should act as one big, messy, but redeemed family what true and false leaders look and sound like, and caring for one another, and honoring one another. We heard last week that one of Timothy's tasks was to confront and correct false teachers. We have some general ideas about the false teachers uh, and the ideas that they're spreading, but we need to think specifically about what makes a teaching false. And last week, we said that anything that comes between you and Jesus' person and work for you is false. This week, we want to know how the law functions correctly and who it is for. However, we also need to see that it is not the law that saves. Only Jesus does that. So let's review a bit of our text from last week and then jump right into our text for this week. So starting in 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Verse 8, Now we know that the law is good, if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Paul describes for us love in verse 5 as being shown in our hearts, which have been made pure by Jesus' forgiveness of our sin, Our heads, a conscience that does not carry around the weight of sin, that is, it knows it has been forgiven, and our hands, a sincere faith which is not motivated by any kind of selfish gain. The teachers Timothy is sent to correct do not have these qualities. (laughs) They are trying to teach the law of God, but are ignorant about what the law truly is and how it functions. And they are so sure of themselves. They are so caught up in their own ego, that is, their belief that they are very intelligent, 
They even take pride in their ignorance and lack of love. Now, there may be some ignorant people teaching the law, but the law is not harmed by them. Here's what I mean. Paul here says that the law is good if it is allowed to function the way that it should. Our text this morning says lawfully. We see this all the time. Christians teach one thing and then they do another and then people say, Ugh, those Christians, they're all stupid hypocrites and therefore the Bible must be untrue and God is a lie. Similarly, some people some of you even, may have been raised on an all-law diet. And at some point, in order to keep your sanity, you decided that you were just going to live however you wanted to live and then throw some God in there so that you could still be called a Christian. An all-law diet leads to weak and malnourished people who call themselves uh, Christians but may have never actually truly heard the good news about Jesus. Perhaps you or someone you know were told and taught that once you have Jesus, you need a whole lot more, and it all has to come from you. You must do this, and you must do that, and the other thing. You must not hear that music, you must not watch those movies, and you must not drink those types of drinks then you can know that you are truly a Christian. There may be good intentions behind some of that teaching, but the results are evil. Evil because the teaching was not based in love that flowed from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. The results are evil because they distract us from Christ's death on the cross for our sin. So how can the law function lawfully? In your translation, it it may say, if you use the law lawfully. This is a fine translation, but I want us to hear the depth of what is going on. This is why I use the word function, or how something is working. See, the law of God is just that. Words from God's mouth that reflect his character and his desires for our lives. Because the law is God's word, we must know that his word works without you using it. When our one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created all things, he simply spoke. His word works. It does not need our permission And it does not need us to use it. The law is good and right and just if it is allowed to do its job. If it is allowed to act lawfully. Okay, that was the technical part for this morning. So forgive me for that. Now, how can the law work in all of its lawfulness? By you and me and the people who we allow to teach us avoiding the wrong-headed idea that if used correctly, the law will save us. The law can never make you truly righteous or save you. Only Jesus does that. 
If you want to see what this looks like, read Romans chapter 7 two or three times, and then we'll talk again about it. But in short, this is what Paul says there. The law is good, but it hurts. It hurts because it shows us that we do not live up to the law. It shows us that we are sinners and we cannot escape our sin and death due to that sin. It shows us that because of the good news that even in our continued sinful lives on this earth, Jesus rescues us from the death that we deserve. So on to verse 9. This is where things get a bit uncomfortable because Paul is going to leave no stone unturned in our hearts. He's exposing everything. Let me start back in verse 8. Now, we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane. <laughs> well, that's good. The law is not for me, then. Not for me, a good Christian. If we want to use it lawfully, we need to use that law on sinners, right? Uh, wrong. <laughs> Understanding what the law does does not forgive us for breaking it. The law here is bad news. We need good news to be forgiven. So, you are the sinner here, and I am the sinner. It is true that if someone lives fully according to the law with, without any issues, the law does no longer have a purpose for them. They're good. But how many people do you know who have lived that kind of life? Perfect, according to the law. Well, not me, and probably not you if you're honest, unless we're talking about you or me being made righteous by Jesus, being made just according to the law because Jesus lived his life perfectly for us. Which I do believe this is where Paul is going. Let's keep reading some of these law-breaking activities that we must beware of. Being lawless and disobedient, ungodly and sinners, unholy and profane, someone who strikes their mothers and fathers, murderers, sexually immoral. A good example of that, men who practice homosexuality, Paul says, also enslavers, liars, perjurers, and anything else that goes against sound teaching. Now, you may recognize some of those sins, not just because you commit them, <laughs> but because um, those descriptions of sin, Paul is pulling from the Ten Commandments. And he's using those Ten Commandments, which we studied earlier this year, maybe last year, I don't remember, as a pattern to describe what sin is. In these sins, I see hearts, heads, and hands that stand against God. The law used lawfully shows us exactly what and who we are. Lawless, disobedient, ungodly, unholy, profane sinners. 
the law used lawfully does one thing in the end. It condemns us. What is the sound teaching that Paul notes at the end of verse 10? Anything that goes against the gospel of the glory of our blessed God, which was given to him, Paul, it was entrusted to him. So, what do we do and how do we get out from under this law once it has shown us who and what we are? Well, let's hear about an example from the life of the Apostle Paul in verses 12 to 17. Verse 12, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Paul was faithful, and that is why Jesus chose him to this task of apostleship? You may meet someone out on the street today who calls themselves an apostle and who claims that they got that role because they were so faithful God just had to choose them. But that is not what Paul is doing. Verse 13. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now notice what was gifted to Paul in this passage. Here's a list. His role as an apostle and the mission that he's on to the non-Jewish people, mercy was gifted to him, and grace, and faith, and love, and a right understanding of who he was because of the law. And who was he? The best of sinners. Number one, <laughs> he was in first place. And Jesus' complete patience and his salvation was gifted to Paul. Now notice, God judged Paul faithful. Paul was anything but faithful. He was a zealous terrorist who liked watching Christians die. He was a user of the law. He wielded the law like a sword, and he slaughtered everyone around him with it while using it to justify himself. But God justified him in a completely different way. He judged him. He justified him. He made him right, and he made him faithful, fit for the task placed before him. And he did that 
by gifting him all the blessings that come with the forgiveness of sins through Jesus' blood on the cross. This is a good testimony. Paul even says Jesus did this to use Paul as an example. He implies that his life is an extreme example. But Paul does not say, I was so bad, but now I'm so good. Look at me. No, he says, I was awful. Then Jesus made an example of me, made me to be an example of how patient he is with sinners. In that testimony, Paul also makes another interesting statement in verse 15. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. This seems to be something that Christians would say when they understood what the law was for and it functioned lawfully in their lives. They understood that their every sin made them the worst of sinners, and because of this they can thank Jesus Christ their Lord, who saved them, who has given them the strength and faithfulness they need and blessed them with every good gift of their salvation. And then with Paul and Timothy in verse 17, we can pray and confess together to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Anchored Baptist Church, we can and should thank God for his law. Psalm 1, Psalm 119, Jesus himself and Paul repeatedly tells us about the goodness of the law. Though we are reminded that it must be used lawfully, the law of God can never make you righteous in God's eyes or save you. Only Jesus can do that. The law of God should make you say, Wow, I'm the biggest of sinners. And then the gospel says to you, Thanks be to Jesus Christ our Lord who gifted you your salvation and judged you righteous and faithful by his blood, by his overflowing grace and love. The law of God can never make you righteous or save you. Only Jesus can do that. And the good news is that he has already done that for you. He has already gifted himself to you. And to that, I say to Jesus, the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.